Well, 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 look who's back. It's First Off, You're Wrong, a podcast by two dudes smart enough to see problems, but too dumb to figure out how to solve them. I am Luke. With me is Jeremiah. I'm still putting together the tripod. Very good. Last week, we had Christian nationalism pros and cons list, which turned into just us talking about the cons and never any pros, but that's usually how this show goes. We never follow the script. And that's okay. So we got a lot of ideas last week about just things that we saw that were problems with Christian nationalism. So this week, oh wait, we'll talk about that later. Um, but anyway, how was uh, everything going? The tripod isn't working. The tripod's not working. Just hold it. You're <laughs> so fine. I'm gonna be you know, holding it this whole time. Jeremiah forgot his mic today. We are back in the uh, Goodman Studios. Goodman Enterprise. Goodman Enterprise Studios here at my home with all the vibrations, but no water lines up no. above us. Those water lines were very loud. They were so loud. <laughs> but it's like, I, I, to me, I didn't really care. because They I, weren't I, as loud as I thought yeah. they were going to be, but they were still very loud. But every time when I was editing the, the, the show, you could listen and you could hear you and me like kind of pause, like we're like, like cringing, like, okay, do we keep going? We're in not? the middle of this, making a point, making a point. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then, okay, and then... And I, I felt some points where you like edited out. Oh yeah, some stuff where it's like we would say something, and then there would be a gap, and then we'd like rephrase the same exact. Thing yes, just said. <laughs> it was like uh, you know, uh, you know, this thing is doing great, and be like, and this thing is doing great. It's like, wait, hold on, why did they just say it twice? Hit it with a disclaimer. All right, as you guys know, this podcast is mainly opinion based. Of course, as Christians, our utmost authority is the Word of God. However, there's some things that are gray areas in the Christian life or some things that might not be directly addressed in Scripture. Our goal with this podcast is to make you come away from it thinking about things you might not have thought of before or thinking about things you've thought of before in a new light. With all that said, Luke, for the third time, what are people wrong about this week? This week, people are wrong about Christian nationalism again. Again. Redux. (laughs) Another again. So I guess again and again. So this week we're going to talk more about the positives, the good we can see. If I'm, I'm going to guess we were looking for if the ideal Christian nas- nation happened, yeah, uh, what we would see, the positives that we would see from that. I think it could also be phrased as what we should strive for as Christians, right? Mm. Because as much as the idea of Christian nationalism We've put, we especially put it down in the last episode. The idea of it is really good. It is something that is just, wow, that would be amazing if we could get to that point. But there are some parts that we talked about last week. Again, go listen to last week's episode. Um, where in practice, it kind of falls apart. So what we would like to say is some things that we could strive for. And some things that, you know, maybe we can get to this point. Maybe we can get to a point where X, Y, and Z are the case. But also, you know, just some things where we can say, hey, as Christian citizens of a secular nation, this is what we can try to do. This is what we can strive for. So, you know, just kind of want to end it on a nice note, a positive note, you know. <laughs> Doug Wilson isn't so bad. <laughs> Neither, and and Jeremiah loves Stephen Wolf now. So Stephen Wolf, hey, you know he's an okay guy. Yeah, he, we've gone from I hate him to he's. I okay. never said I hated him. You said I hate him so much. It's in the last in the first episode. Go listen to no. Christian Nationalism Part One if you wanted to hear that part, and then go to Part Two where I called Jeremiah out at the end about it. But Jeremiah, of course, was like, "Yeah," and so there was no like gotcha moment. 
which is fun, I guess. But my journalistic uh, credibility was maintained in the episode all the way through. But your character has been tarnished. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'd say like one of the first things I could see that would be good coming to Christian nationalism obviously would just be Christians in positions in our government, local government, higher government. I think we talked about that in every single episode, right? Yeah. And that would, I think it needs, it would need to start more locally and then it can grow to a national level. But again, we talked about how, you know, Congress shall make no laws pertaining to religion. So I think that more of the, the, the state level governments are what need to be attacked first. Oh yeah. I, I fully, I think, you know, the start of it, in the best case, with all government, the way it should start is the lowest possible level, right? Right. You know, city council, uh, state senate, stuff like that. Amazing things can happen at the yeah. lower levels. Yeah, yeah. And people neglect that and they think, oh, well, the only major thing that happens in our world is, you know, the president and Congress and the Senate. Well, no, there's, there's a lot more than just that. There's a lot of local people. Where, you know, if you had every member of a city council was a professing Christian, good luck opening an abortion clinic in that city. Right. Good luck having a pride parade. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, a lot of it goes when we when we elect people to small levels, let's go with like school administrators. Yeah. Um, I think that we, we like, like, do we like superintendents and stuff like that? <sighs> we, I think there's like a school board election. We were both homeschooled. I'm, yeah. <laughs> We don't care about that. My mommy was my superintendent, okay? And she was the principal, which also stunk because, you know, no spanking in schools back in the 90s, but that didn't stop for me through the 2000s. Did it stop for you? No. (laughs) Why do you look at me like this? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so uh, big things I thought with the lower levels being attacked, you would have um, pretty much... No sexualization of children in schools, mm-hmm. obviously, because we could stop that at that level by electing the proper people to be in those positions of government as well. And this goes to what I just said that Jeremiah got all freaked out about. Uh, I, I wrote down no kidnapping of children from parents due to disciplinary styles. Yeah. And I think that that's ridiculous that, I mean, as Christians, we follow, you have Proverbs, you know, um, spare the rod if you hate your child. I'm just paraphrasing. Um, was that not a good paraphrase? <laughs> it got the point. It got I, think, the I, point. I think so. I got the point. Um, and I think that that's ridiculous that people are afraid to discipline their children um, in public places because we can't. Because then someone might, oh, we're going to call uh, whatever DHR or something and we're, you know, you're, you're going to take your children away from you because you're not allowed to do that to them. Um, it's, it's a biblical standard. It's something that we do. Disciplining our children is something we must do. And children are to obey their parents and Lord for this is right, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. So this is a very big deal. I think that if if we were to have something like that instituted, and again, I'm not talking about school, school boards are going to make it so we can have disciplinary action with our children and not be afraid of the government coming to take them from us. Um, but, you know, at all lower levels, at a state level at least, you know, you can take care of stuff like that. And I'm not saying we're going to... Everyone goes to the, oh, we're going to beat the children then. That's what you're advocating for. Absolutely not. That There's a very big difference. And if you're being intellectually honest, there's a huge difference between 
spanking with disciplinary uh, with the with the disciplinary actions you know towards your children and then beating your children and we all you can't say oh we don't know the line it's blurred because it it's not you can you're leaving marks on your kid it's too much um, if you're just wildly hitting them that's beating them but if you're spanking them in a way in which it's hey you didn't obey your dad or your mom and we're trying to get this you know we're trying to teach you you must obey and there's consequences because the consequences later in life for not obeying are not you're going to get a little bit of a paddle on your butt it's you're going to go to jail for the rest of your life or you're going to get shot or you're going to get beaten up and you know be maimed for the rest of your life things like that so these things need to be implemented but again we can't do that when we have a government that's sitting here like we're watching over you and we're going to take your kids from you are you passionate about discipline <sighs> I, I really i do i mean i'm very passionate about disciplining my children i think a lot of people don't and i'm gonna stop because you're making fun of me but you know what that's okay you're making fun of me and your father's gonna listen to this podcast and he's gonna say you know luke did good jeremiah bad <laughs> all right that's what he's gonna say if he even so, listens to this one. yeah and you know the school board is a really good example you know it especially in today's day and age where there's so much debauchery that's happening in the public schools if you knew for sure you had a, a solid school board, then you would have a lot less to worry about as a parent. Yeah, right. you might not. Even if it's just, you know, okay, I know that my parents aren't going um, to, my parents, I know that my children are not going to be sexualized by the teachers or parents or other staff members at the school because I know all the people on the school board and they're, they're good people. You know, they're. Yeah, you might have a, a Methodist thrown in there, but hey, you know, they're still they're doing what's right. So you don't have to, that. That would be such a positive as a parent to know that, um, and then you expand it from there to again city council. Now, good luck opening sinful businesses, wrong <laughs> things that are just baseline immoral. Good luck going forward with you know example i can't think of uh <laughs> yeah good example <laughs> i love that example that's really good but you know and then you can progress from there to just a mayor or a i don't know a comptroller <laughs> who is assessing and auditing the budgets of uh the county right okay where how much of this budget is actually going to the kids getting the proper education that they need Versus how much of it is going to, you know, hey, they're going on field trips to, you know, I don't know, random places that don't really make sense for their education. Why are they spending their money on this? Right. You know, it, it the, that escalation from, okay, your parents to now you have the school board to so on and so forth up to the governor, up to Congress I, I think people overemphasize the higher level stuff and they need to really start pushing for, let's get a Christian sheriff, you know, that would do wonders in a city, especially like Birmingham, especially like our county. If we had a, a Christian, a solid Bible believing sheriff, I mean, think of the, I, I don't want to go into the specifics of the the Birmingham Do you think that crime. they would, uh, yeah, do you think they also would like just allow everyone to get a slap on the wrist for their weed possession? Go listen to weed episode. You're welcome. See, I got that one in. That was good. He had that sprinkled on that one in. You were ready. <laughs> I was. He, he doesn't like, he doesn't care about that kind of stuff. But yeah, the violence and things like that, would it be changed? Probably because there's laws and if you break them, then the 
I'd say the Christian thing to do is that there's punishment for those. Again, we're going back to the discipline part. And it's like, if you're going to do something stupid, you're going to do a DUI, there's what's, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Obviously you're going to go to jail for it. You're going to have to go through a whole trial and everything like that, pay fees, all this kind of stuff. And you don't forget that lesson. Usually, I don't know. People have gotten many like, Oh, I got my fourth DUI yesterday, but then that's a good clip. That's a good clip. That's a good clip. But yeah. yeah, but again, it's it, there's there's lessons to be had with these people, and when you do specific crimes, you know they actually to have them actually prosecuted for those things. And it's like I think that you don't even have to necessarily do jail time for a lot of this stuff where it's like, oh come on, like they're 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 not giving jail time out for for like weed possession because it's like an it's it's a it's a gram or whatever the the whatever the weight amount is or whatever the measurements they pounds? use. Pounds. I don't think I don't think pounds. That's a lot. But anyway, I would think that's a lot. So um, <laughs> I'll call it my uh, I'll call it my family member. Um, anyway, the premier guy. And um, but like instead of it being a oh there's nothing going on like I'm not saying go put them in jail but there should be some kind of punishment for that and I think you can you can do it towards the crime we sit here and we're like oh well we can't even we can't criminalize these people at all mm-hmm. as opposed to hey there should be something done I don't care make them do 50 hours of community service for every time that they have an offense make them do something like that well and that that kind of th- this leads into the point I wanted to make or one of the points I wanted to make is. If you had a biblical standard of punishment, then there would be room for restitution and resolution of crimes. Right, right now, you have this perpetual, just put them in jail and we'll deal with it again in eight years. Yep. That's, that's what is happening. And then now all these uh, profit prisons are making money, especially in Alabama. On Yeah, that's a big talking oh, point. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of, a lot a of, lot of people. Stuff. Going into privatized prisons where they say, where, you Do know, you want they, to build a prison? We could build a prison. First off, you're wrong. Prison yeah. edition. Yeah. We're the wardens. Welcome. But the sentencing, Welcome to the- the sentencing was wrong. You need an extra 20 years so we can get our, <laughs> our, so we can get our, and we got to get our money somehow. We, we got it. We got it. We got to make money on this. But, you know, they're making all this money from the government, paying them, and then they say they're paying the, the prisoners for the work that they're doing. But there's no, there's no real restitution and there's no end result, you know, and, and, Especially with the idea now where the only allowed slavery after the abolition of slavery is of incarcerated peoples. So this, you know, I don't think that prisoners are putting in a whole lot, if any, labor into stuff today that's meaningful. That, you know, if we had other people doing it, it would be, you know, oh, we we can't have roads because we don't have the prisoners out there as a chain gang, you know. (laughs) <laughs> tearing up the rock so he can lay the asphalt but that is a point that you have to think about is the only authorized slavery today uh, a forced labor is of prisoners and when you look at slavery from a biblical sense it's not kidnapping people that was punished by death right. Kid- kidnapping people and forcing them to, to work for you was in a, it was a death sentence um, it was, you get seven years where this person can come to a master and say, Hey, I need to, I have debts. I need to work. I need to pay. And I just, for seven years, let me work for you. And at the end of that time, I can either decide to leave and my debts will be paid or I can stay and continue to work for you because you were a good master. 
And, and, and that sense of restitution is lost now. Where if someone goes into debt and, you know, you have students who are getting in hundred, $150,000 worth of debt for, you know, a basket weaving degree. And now Great degree. we need basket weavers. They have no way to ever. pay that. And so they're just defaulting on loans. They're getting in tremendous, e- even worse debt. They're in, in, incapable of living because of, you know, poor decisions they made mixed with those loans that they were taken advantage of with. And it's just going to lead to a life of misery and suffering where they can never succeed. They can never get to a point of resolution with that. They will always have that hanging over their head. Well, maybe there should be a way to say, hey, I'm going to work for this person. They are going to start paying off my loans. But seven years, here we go. I'm going to work for them and they can provide me with clothes, housing, food but other than that i'm going to be with them every day for seven years right that might be something that would be a lot better than the alternative of a lifetime of misery well you think like most people are already doing that but worse like you were saying it's it's like we're they're living in complete squalor getting into more debts mm-hmm. living in a house probably above their means which they think oh that's great you know whatever at least my house is nice at least my car is nice but it's like yeah but then their debt's just continually getting bigger and bigger and bigger where it's like or you could just do it this way and a biblical way of doing it like that i would say would probably be a lot if i if i was in that scenario i'd probably take it Mm -hmm. and then and be done the the you know if if you look again at uh capital punishment right you have people who murderers who are going and living on death row i heard a story the other day of a guy who he was in a medium security prison and then he got he was there for some financial crimes and some drug crimes uh and he was definitely guilty of both he was embezzling and he was dealing ecstasy and he wound up dealing bad ecstasy and i don't think anyone died but people got very sick well he was in a middle security prison, medium security prison, got in a fight, and they transferred him to a supermax in Arizona, I want to say, middle of the desert. And the stories he was telling about the absolute terror that they were in from just these like swarms of cockroaches that were covering the prisoners every single night to a point where they had to... They couldn't have blankets. They couldn't have anything to like cover themselves up because there was no air conditioner and it was the desert in the middle of summer. And there was no... You'd die if you covered yourself up with a blanket. But all they would do is they would rip pieces off to like a bandana to cover their mouth so the roaches didn't crawl in their nose, eyes, mouth, and ears. What in the world is this? It was a, a, a U.S... And I, I, I know, I, I listen. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> what, what is the world are you telling me right now? Well, okay. He was there with a bunch of murderers. Is it is it better for someone who has been convicted of murder? Definite, you know, there is no question this person premeditated, went out of their way, and murdered someone. Right. Knowing what they were doing, having a full plan to do it. And now they're sitting there for 60 years? getting swarmed by cockroaches, having to deal with gang violence in prison, having to deal with all of this. How is that more humane 
than, hey, you took a life, you will pay with your life. To me, that biblical standard seems a lot more humane because then you have the resolution on the victim's family too because they know that man will never reoffend. And the, and it's a it's what you're talking about is fairness and the the crime or the punishment fits the crime, which I think in our society, like you're saying, I mean these guys are just you know they, they'll appeal and appeal and appeal and appeal every single time. There was mm-hmm. a guy in Alabama, he appealed like. 20 times and finally after being like on death row for like 40 years was like the judge was like we're not no you're gonna actually die this time and then he did another appeal the night before uh he was supposed to be um uh whatever you want to call executed. it executed thank you i can't even think of the word and and then the judge was like no we're still not doing it and so he was actually executed finally after all these appeals and again it's the punishment fits the crime in a biblical standard it's you do the certain thing and this is the standard that you're going that we're going to set and it's not this like we're going to have the hotel prison um where i mean yeah obviously it's not really a hotel in cockwell i mean some hotels i've been to cockroaches are crawling everywhere um but (laughs) (laughs) under your mouth and whatever anyway but uh but yeah there's none of this hotel prison it's you did the crime and now you are going to pay in the proper way and like you said, the family is better for it. Um, and I don't know about the person who did it, but I think that it would it would do a hard reset right then and there. Like, maybe I need to reexamine how I've been doing this in life. Mm-hmm. Not this thing of, well, I'll be here for like 20 years waiting on this. So, you know, because a lot of those guys will say, yeah, maybe some of them convert on the way there. I've heard of it before. It's happened. But I think that if it's more of like, a no, you're going to be put to death like, in the next week or two. It's like, a, maybe I need to re-examine my entire life and what I've done. Maybe I do need to repent. Obviously, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, the, the outcome is uh, is death because of what I've done. Because you have to... This, our, you're making me so mad, okay? Because like <laughs> well, our society doesn't do people, this. They don't care. People misinterpret and they purposefully misrepresent the biblical standard of capital punishment. And yeah. this is something that I've had multiple discussions with people about. It's not... Oh, you know, I got in a car accident and the person died. Guess I'm going to go to, you know, I just get shot by the police on the spot. <laughs> you know? No, it's... In Jeremiah's world it is. Right? <laughs> that's what Christian nationalism is. That's, no, no, that's, no, that's no, what no, it's no. all about, baby. Um, but the it, it's not that. It's not uh, accidental. In fact, there's... Uh, I forget where in the Bible. It's pro- I think it's Leviticus or Deuteronomy where it's talking about if you're if you're f- chopping wood and the axe head flies off of your axe and goes over and hits your neighbor and kills him, then what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to run, flee. No, no, yeah. no, you're supposed to flee to a sanctuary city. Okay, where you go and you tell. I, I can't remember. It was. It was either the I can't remember the exact verbiage, but the elders and the priests and of the cities, and say, "Hey, this is what happened. Here is my story. Please keep me safe and testify for me. And let's get the people, the family of the man who I killed, over here so we can judge what happened and we can determine whether or not this was an accident, right? And the only way it would be determined on whether it was not an accident was on the account of two or three witnesses." And that is why one of the it, it, one of the key well no I shouldn't say it like that you, you think of what is it the sixth commandment thou shalt not bear false witness right is not well one of them yes is not specifically about lying 
It's not saying thou shalt not lie. That's a bad interpretation of what that is. It's thou shalt not commit perjury. You shouldn't purposefully tell a lie about someone you know is true because everyone's going to accidentally lie, right? I'm going to say, oh yeah, I'll be there at five. And then I get there at five ten because of traffic. <laughs> I lied. But you do that all the time to me. I do. Yeah. I do that. It's really rude. I, I, Google Maps lies. Google Maps is intentional, though. They, they're bearing false witness. But the uh, that standard is there because if someone can be put to death on the basis of two or three eyewitnesses, then obviously you want those eyewitnesses to be telling the truth without a doubt. And, you know, today we have, you know, the nanny state the perpetual overwatch of everything happening so i think it's pretty easy to determine whether or not someone was being intentional when they murdered someone but even at that i think having two or three people who were there who are you know they have character with references they are known as men of quality or women of quality who are you know these are people that you can trust and without a doubt they saw this and they saw that it was intentional I, you know, I saw so-and-so kill so-and-so, and it had to have been intentional. There was no way it could have been an accident. Then you put that person to death. Not for accidents, not for manslaughter, not for, you know, even certain cases of murder where it's a crime of passion. You know, where you get, you're in a fight with someone, and you're both fighting, you're both hitting each other, and then you punch them, they fall into the street and knock their head on the concrete and die. That's still considered manslaughter, yeah. It's just, it's not, a, not, you weren't purposely trying to kill them. Exactly. Uh, I looked at, it's not, I don't, I don't, I couldn't find the Acts story, but Leviticus 4.2 talks about the unintentional sin, pretty mm-hmm. much, and like what you're supposed to do, and there's a whole outline for it and stuff like that. But like I said, there's, there's an outline for these things given in the Old Testament, given in the law, yeah. and it's, it would make things a lot easier if we were actually following those, because right now we have judges that just sit there and go, oh, well, you know what, you know, I'm just going to. You hear this, the stories where you, and it's like a feel-good story where someone's done something wrong, and it's like, well, we're going to let you go today. And I'm like, I feel good for it, sure. But at the same time, if you've done, a, if you've done something wrong, then there should be some punishment. Sure, don't, don't sit there and be like, all right, well, you know, you stole a piece of candy. Like, I mean, California has the three-strike system. Yeah. Um, and my... Uh, my my uncle, I think he had two strikes at one point, and he probably I don't know he never got the third. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It's uh, Deuteronomy nineteen five. And Is it with the axe? Oh, go yeah. ahead. Uh, let me get the actual. Hold on. I was just talking about my uncle in jail, but you know, in California, but that's fine. You know, let's just talk about Deuteronomy. No, I was just saying that so you knew that I had a point <laughs> later, but you can continue. With no, go ahead. I want to hear it actually. Uh, this is the provision. This is starting in verse four. This is the provision for the ma- manslayer who by fleeing there may save his life. If anyone kills his neighbor unintentionally without having hated him in the past, as when someone goes into the forest with his neighbor to cut wood, and his hand uh, and his hand swings the axe to cut down a tree, and the head slips from the handle and strikes his neighbor so that he dies, he may flee to one of these cities and live lest the avenger of blood in hot anger pursue the manslayer and overtake him, because the way is long and strike him fatally. Though the man did not deserve to die, since he had not hated his neighbor in the past. So it's basically saying, if you accidentally kill someone, you're a a manslayer, right? A manslaughter. 
then run to the one of these cities yeah, as quick as you can the, so that way the bible has nothing to do with america you're such an idiot okay anyway sorry go ahead <laughs> what are you saying run to one, one run to one of these cities as quickly as run you can to san francisco because well no it's clean now you Is see it? that oh, they yeah. cleaned it up Xi for Jinping. xi jinping baby hey, yeah winnie the pooh i'm sorry no. i shouldn't have said that oh, i'll take that away take that away. i can't go to china Hong Chong, oh, i can't <laughs> Jeremiah has a great, a great, what's it, reel that you did? Oh, yeah. It was I so good. Went, I accidentally went viral. He did. It was fantastic. He showed it to me, and I laughed so hard. It was a very, it's a very good one. But anyway, um, but I mean, in our society now, I mean, in that case, I don't think that you would get anything for that, potentially. I don't know, but that's the thing. Well, is, you could. You could get gross negligence because right, you but, didn't right. drive a nail into the top of your axe head and you knew that it was loose when you went out there. So. Well, it also depends on what judge you get. And what what's, judge. Yeah, what's there. Who, who you are, who you know, what's going on in your life. I mean, I think that, and I'm, let's not name names and what's going on in our society right now in America, but I think just having a certain name, having a certain proclivity to something makes it so that it doesn't matter really who your judge is if you're in the state of, you know, I don't know, New York or Georgia or something like that is, you know, they're just going to hate you and you're already done. So it doesn't matter. I'm not going to say names, but we all understand. Correct? Does everyone understand? Okay, good. Just make sure. Jeremiah's looking very confused. He doesn't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Why are you talking about Doug Heffern? <laughs> well, that's, I mean, again, there's no standard across across our country. And I think, and, I, and Jeremiah, I'm guessing, agrees with it, is that a Christian nation would have would have these standards that would be set. It wouldn't be a oh well, it's up to the judges, um, you know, what, whatever they're feeling that day. Which, yeah. is, which is crazy that we have a society like that. Um, and I could go and pay you know a hundred thousand dollars to a campaign and probably get a, a lighter sentence. Yeah, I mean, and, but that's what we are. As opposed to no, there's a set thing. You're just the judge who's going to hand down God's law onto what someone has done. And therefore, that, that's all you're doing. I can't remember. I saw a movie a while ago. I can't remember what the movie was. Saw it on TV. I'm not going to stand by a movie. I don't know. Someone's probably going to recognize it. Yeah, like Forrest Gump last yeah. week. <laughs> but um, the this guy comes into town. He's a new lawyer. And he's meets with the judge on the first day of the case. And then the lawyer, who is the you know defense attorney, talks to him later and says, Hey, you know, we're going to the judge's chambers after this to talk to him. And then they go in there, and it's just like the three of them palling around and having a good time. And the the new guy was like, um, are we going to talk about work? I don't, why would we talk about... This is not why we're here. We're not talking about the case. We're, we're just buddies. Oh, so how are we going to figure out you know the trial schedule and everything? Well, if you don't want to play with us, then probably not going to get the outcome you want and that was like the whole movie right. he's the straight laced guy and now he's going up against the small town judge who wants whatever i can't remember a whole lot about the movie obviously but yeah that that scene kind of sticks with me because it's like okay how many how many lawyers and judges are just out there palling around and now i got a defense attorney who's not friends with the judge and so i'm gonna go to jail for 20 years right so for a simple thing as yeah. opposed to there's a set standard which would be nice to have but we don't have that right now. And you can even think about uh, just kind of the last thing on this. I mean, recently, it, there was a guy who used a firearm in California, had a concealed carry permit or a pistol permit for the state of California, which is not very easy to get, and was on in his house and defended his family with the firearm from an intruder 
and retroactively, the sheriff stripped him from his uh, firearms license so that they could prosecute him because he defended his family. So it's like, okay, yeah, there's, def- there's no standard anymore. No, there's so absolutely not. If, if we could get God-fearing judges who would establish biblical law and hold to biblical means of evidence, especially, again, with, I mean, how many times have you heard something and you're like, oh, that was an AI video. That wasn't a real video. That's, uh, hey, know. by the way, guys, that's the new defense <laughs> for caught saying something. Just AI, okay? AI. That was never you. But, I mean, there, I, I, I've, like, in the last week, I've seen a bunch of ads going around that are um, from literally a TikTok doctor who just makes, like, TikTok videos talking about random. It's that Indian guy with the beard. Oh, yeah, yeah. No like, he makes fun videos. But they've been using his voice for AI ads because there's so much out there and they know like, oh, we can get this guy to promote this stuff. Um, v Shred, that grifter. Oh, um, my, yeah. He did stuff with Joe Rogan. And no, he he did didn't stuff. do stuff with Joe Rogan. No, he didn't, but he made but it look like it. But he made look it look like, like it. it. I know. And then I, he got... Um, that was the best... That was the best worst thing <laughs> someone could possibly do But was then that. he did a fake Dr. Drew. Like he deep faked oh, really? Dr. Drew. To get like some uh, credence to his uh, video. I never saw outcomes. I just saw the video and it's like this is obviously a deep fake because the mouth is not moving at the same rate. And it's it was he used an AI voice for Dr. Drew and then deep fake someone lip syncing to it is what it looked like. Huh. Nice. Yeah. This is the age of AI. Whatever. Let's stop talking about it. Sued by V Shred now. Yeah. Stop talking about it. Okay. Whatever. What other positives we got? I think the most obvious positive that people are probably screaming, especially one person. Say the line, Bart. I don't know. Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff. I'm sorry. You can't. You just like hit me with that. Like I didn't know what was going on. Well, you're looking at your phone. Well, I'm I'm, I'm I'm writing something down. Okay. But the most actually, I'm just I'm just texting right now. I I don't even want to know what you're saying. Actually, and I don't care about Jeff. Jeff and I are friends again. The Nelk Boys. (laughs) Yeah. You know about that? Yeah. You told me about that. Oh, I did. Okay. Good. Yeah. That was such an interesting way. Well, then again, we are always literally the only time I heard about the Nelk Boys was you telling me about that. Well, because I watch. I literally just watch drama on YouTube. That's all I do all the time. Like I'm out there, I'm out in my back room, sitting there late at night, and my wife comes in and goes, "Hey, what are you watching?" I was like, "Oh, just some dramas going on." Did you hear that this? <laughs> She's like, "I don't know who any of those." How does are. this affect your day to day life? It doesn't. Did, did at you hear all. that? Did you hear Logan Paul scamming people again? <laughs> Coffeezilla. Guy, that's right. See, I know all these things. It's great. Anyway. Literally the best YouTuber out there right now. Oh, dude, love Coffeezilla. Love him. Anyway, anyways, um, but the most obvious positive of a christian nation would be the christian outreach so let's you know if there was a a, a third great awakening or by some people's account not a second, third grade third great or by some people's account a second great awakening um I'll jeff leave that no 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 <laughs> oh, wait now. no not there not, not there. okay now. my bad my bad, my bad. Uh, sorry sorry my bad. you are jump just, the gun yeah jump the gun anyways but there, uh, you could Think about the impact that would have of now the United States is there's so many people who are on fire for the gospel and God has just been calling people and people and people and people and there's been revival across the nation. Now, all these people who are 
firm believers in Christ, we don't even have to wonder, okay, how are we going to get them in Congress? Because they will be there. Yeah, because be you talked about last week, it starts with the forgiveness of national forgiveness mm-hmm. or asking for forgiveness, really, um, and repent, repentance. That's what you said. Yeah. National repentance as opposed to this like, we're a Christian nation now. We mm-hmm. love it. We're Christian nationalists. It's like, yeah. no, everyone, that we need the repentance first. So this isn't like this thing we were talking about last week with uh, the cultural Christianity. Yeah. This would be if there was genuine conversion, if there was a genuine revival that s- swept through the nation. Not the one at that TikTok thing. Asbury. That happened. Is that what it was? I can't yeah, remember it was I, I, I never. And then, you, and then one of our universities kind of did it, and it was like, okay, Yeah, there's well. just, with stuff like that, you have to be very skeptical because this is random tangent, but like it's so emotion based and emotion driven that it does that church camp thing Yeah, where you're like, okay, what's go listen to church camp. What? Yeah. Go listen to church camps. What's going to happen two weeks from now. And I haven't heard anyone talk about Asbury Asbury in a year, you know, no, I haven't heard anyone talk about the Joshua generation and like, 10 years since we talked about church camp go listen, <laughs> go listen to, to church, church camp, camp. <laughs> <laughs> but the you know you got to be wary of that sort of thing so you know of course pray for revival pray for repentance pray for people to come to an understanding of the the wonder of god but don't force it and don't you know rely on singing oceans 40 times in a row and then people just start crying and then you can say look 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 look, 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 look at that look they're at that. falling on the ground yeah. they're convulsing yeah they're going in the laugh barrels at bethel um that's a thing <laughs> oh don't get jeremiah on the but bethel train again the, it's true though it is so go listen to uh, worship music. Worship music. Uh, <laughs> That's a throwback. You go back to the part where we're echoing every 10 seconds, or sorry, the entire time, and your father comes up to me and tells me, hey, just letting you guys know you have a terrible echo. And I said, nah, we are very aware. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> we're sorry. trying to fix it. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but, you know, if there was true biblical repentance and faith and believing in God across the land, then that benefit would not just be temporal. It would not be based in the U.S. It would be now we're furthering the kingdom of God in a in a spiritual way as well because these people are coming to Christ. And with that, then you have a boom in missions. We would You would get people who are, I can't, you know, there's so many Christians here. What are we going to do? We're going to go somewhere else. You're going to send them out. Yeah. And it, will, it would be a serious... I mean, how you can't imagine the impact that that would have if if a million people came to repentance and faith right now. What would the impact of that be? No one, no one can tell. No. That would be in, insane if it was just you know a immediate thing. And that that spiritual awakening that would follow people throughout the rest of their lives into the next would be the most important part of a, a true Christian nation. Right, and then it, it even, to my boy Doug, goes into the, those, a lot of those Christians would go out. You're talking, mm-hmm. let's just go with the million. 
that you were talking about, you know, there'd be a percentage of those that'd be like, we have to go and spread the 10, gospel. 10,000, even yeah. 10,000 missionaries. And then you're talking, it's, they're going out to all these places in the world and they're going to either places where Christianity is welcomed and they're just bringing more people to Christ, which then, well, what do you know? Maybe another Christian nation. With your, now you have your mere Christendom, Mr. Or Doug. correcting false doctrine. Yes, correct. Because, you know, it's all out there. And you have... Africa has been overrun by the prosperity yeah. gospel now. Oh, 100%. So it's like, yeah, just give the money and you'll get like tenfold mm-hmm. back. You know, it's great. I love it when someone starts talking to me about that. <laughs> That's, Where's your seed money, Luke? Did you have seed money? Just if I... I wish they'd send me the one dollar. If you just uh, we're gonna give you a dollar, but now you just sound like, oh, dude, I just got a dollar. That's nice. awesome, man. Sick. I got half of a Pepsi Zero Sugar Max taste. That's correct. Well, no, it's less than. Well, sometimes you get a dollar seventy-eight somewhere, so, some places. Anyway, oh. somewhere's. Where am I from? Anyway, but you have those people going out. You're building up nations now that will have actual sound doctrine, like you were saying. Go to Africa. We can stop this prosperity gospel stuff that's going through there. It's just ravaging that area. And then you have places where we can start really going into like China and into Russia and into all these other places. I mean, I'm not going to say North Korea because that would be really tough. But like we were talking about last time, can we not blast radio waves into North mm-hmm. Korea? Yes, we can. We can do things like that. And if we, the infrastructure of America, we could pretty much do anything humanly possible that you could think of, we could do if this was going on in our my country. Dad, my dad has a great saying which is that the only reason america doesn't win every gold medal at the olympics is because we don't want to (laughs) because if you think about it if people prioritized the shot put in uh you know american competitive life as much as they did football or baseball then there would be no other medals for anyone else go listen to fantasy football oh wait we haven't done that episode yet i'm joking we can't do it jeff Jeff, (laughs) number one in our league unfortunately good but you know (laughs) that that mentality that we have as americans being the best around right um transfers to a lot of stuff so obviously the olympics is a silly example but you know if we said hey you know we're gonna win the world cup next time it comes around we would win the World Cup. Right. Ford uh, Ford winning the Le Mans because we want to. Yeah, and it's yeah. like if we want we want to spread the gospel and as if, a nation, we if, want to spread if the gospel. As a nation, we had widespread belief and widespread coming to Jesus, then there would be that drive would be focused not on, you know, winning gold at the Olympics. It would be let's go. Yeah. You know, for lack of a better term, manifest destiny. Come on. We're going. Yeah. And it's whatever tactic would be necessary to get the message out. You have all these countries that won't allow uh, Christianity in, won't allow missionaries in. But it doesn't matter. We can find a way around it. We will paratroop ourselves. In, um, I, we could. I mean, but you're saying, like what Jeremiah was saying with the radio thing, I mean, with with just, you know, the secret churches that go on in China. Um, China. Every time I say it, I feel like I'm saying it China. like him. Like him. But it, I'll never be him. Um, which is probably a good thing. But uh, it's it's you know you have those secret churches. You have like the 
the spreading of like just actual like the written word out in those countries like secretly and stuff like there's things where if you could just get the 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 money the infrastructure that america has the personnel that america has to make these things happen the connections that a lot of these people in our government have where it's like look you know we're gonna bring in this stuff like you need to you need to let us do this like you know you maybe we don't trade with you as much maybe maybe we take away our little trade deficit here and we make your life not so fun anymore if you don't let us bring in the missionaries and i mean then again i think that those governments probably would still not let us because it kind of topples their stuff because at some point we're going to overrun them not like that way not I, that way we, under, we understood understood <laughs> okay thank you i was like we're clipping man. that but we understood. yeah clip that one no, that- we will overthrow them <laughs> Blood alone <laughs> moves the wheels of history. Look, he gets he gets an office quote. Well, I guess it's also a Hitler quote. No, that it? was Mussolini. Mussolini, my bad. Yeah. Mussolini, I forget. We can't say the other guy's name. Yeah, I can't say. It. Sorry, I'll, I'm going to bleep that out. I'll cut it out, and you'll be like, "Wait, where did that go?" But yeah, you have those things. We have the means, and you're able to spread the gospel. I mean, you're talking our country. You go to the inner cities, and you start actually doing like reforms that make it so that this violence stops. Where we have like Chicago, like how many people die every year? I mean, like 500 people or whatever it is, which is ridiculous in Birmingham in every year. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it more? Oh, it's it's 40 people in a weekend. Okay, well, there you go. So even worse than I thought. I don't know. I don't keep up with this, which I should. And then you have Birmingham. I mean, we're in the top 10 most Mm -hmm. violent. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not I mean, I'm in the areas that that usually happens, but not. No, they're usually north of me. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Point is that it's terrible out there. It's very dangerous. And. And again, like there's stuff that can be done. Like you have churches out there, they're big prosperity people. Um, like I've been out there, I have, I know some pastors out there and there was one time I was talking to one, he's just like, you know, um, I'd love for you to come visit our church. Also, and his wife was there, like, get, get him, give him our cash app. And I'm like, look at him, like, I haven't even come to your church. I, I'm just, I'm just a dude talking to you. And they wanted me like, here's, here's our cash app if you want to donate. And I'm like, and then like, I, would have, you, I would have requested money from them. Oh my goodness. I didn't <laughs> think about that. But it was like, again, it wasn't like just asking for a donation. Obviously, some people do that. And, you know, like, oh, we're going to do this, you know, this offering for so and so for this thing or benevolence offering. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. But it was not that. It was then telling me, well, you know, if you you give, you, you know, name go, it. yeah. You can claim it. Name it and cl- One of my tenants says that. One of the cl- close to me tenants. And I said, you get, you're going to stop saying witchcraft. that. I mean, you're gonna stop saying that. I said, don't ever talk about Jesus that way to me. I don't, I don't want to hear it. And but again, it was like, you, know, you give this money, and you know what's gonna happen is, you know, you're gonna get back, you're gonna get back so much more for it. And I'm like, that's not the way this works. But again, you go into those areas, you build up the church in there, you build up an actual like, like solid Christ-based mm-hmm. just structure there, not like structures in a church, but just like a, a human, a cultural structure there. And you could change so much going on in those areas. And you'd have the entire community behind you to stop the stuff that's happening. As opposed to this thing where we're just like, no, we're not going to help. Because, you know, I don't want to help the police. Or I don't want to help the the DA. I don't want to help the judge prosecute this person or whatever. It's like it doesn't matter. Because everything is on a fair basis. Everything is done correctly. And everything is done biblically, which is correct. Now, to our maybe three post mill listeners oh, nice. i don't know i don't know how many of Welcome. those there are um you know they the point with them and christian nationalism the reason they're so let's go out and get it i i understand and it's it's because they they see 
that there, the kingdom will come and it will be a revival and people will have this thousand year reign where it will be, you know, not perfect, not a mate, not the most perfect that there will be, but it will be so many people out there will be, the majority of people will be Christian. I'll put it that way. The vast majority of people will have Jesus Christ as Lord. And with that goal in mind, and with Christian nationalism as a, you know, topic going around right now, I can see why a lot of post-mill guys are very, let's go out and do it right now. Come on, let's go. And as much as I like that mentality and the, you know, let's go out and do it, and I don't want to squash that, don't expect it right now. Because, you know, Jonathan Edwards expected it to happen in his lifetime. Right. Uh, you go back, John Calvin expected it to happen in his lifetime. You go back, Athanasius and Augustine expected it to happen in their lifetimes. You go back, the early church, Polycarp, they expected it in their lifetime. So, again, don't just go out and say this is going to happen tomorrow because it probably won't. You don't know when it's going to happen. Every single group of Christians has held the view that we are living in the end times. And that's not a bad thing. But quoting Martin Luther again, if Jesus were to come tomorrow, I would plant a tree today. So... Go forth, get as many people as you can, call them to Christ, call them to repentance and faith, but don't get discouraged when it doesn't happen tomorrow. Right. This is a, and that this goes is a for long term, this is a long term, far down the road sight is what you need to keep as opposed to being myopic and saying, it's going to happen in my life, it's going to happen in my lifetime. Work towards it being your kid's lifetime. Work towards it being your grandkid's lifetime. Work towards it being your great, 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 great grandkid's lifetime. Like build it from where we are now because a lot of these movements is the problem is we go from we're going to build the foundation to let's just start building the fourth floor like it's not going to work it's just going to collapse and then everyone's all oh we'll see it didn't happen well this way and then it takes a long time for someone to come along go hey let's start at the foundation and we can just start the foundation today so hey do we have a uh a uh, luke's list I'm going to make that real loud like I did last week. Except you, maybe you won't hear the click. Sorry for that, everyone that heard the click last week. It was great. But anyway, I got a Luke's list for you after I get to it. So, uh, wow. yeah, so just, you don't have just, just fill us in. Now I'm on Amazon. Oh, goodness. How, okay. How did you get Amazon? I forgot I have it in a different thing. All right. So, uh, a little bit different on the list. This is from thegospelcoalition.org. Ooh. Patrick Schreiner. Uh I think is his name. I don't know. Good I give pronunciation. It yeah, you're welcome. All right. The good, the bad, and the ugly of Christian nationalism. It's only three points. All right. So ah. good. Let's start with that. So the good, the influence of Christianity in American civil life. You're going to see a lot of similarities between all these points, right? 
For some, Christian nationalism simply means that Christianity has influenced and should continue to influence the nation. They argue America was founded on transcendent Christian principles. The Declaration of Independence affirms all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Such a principle is worthy of Christian advocacy alongside a biblical view of issues like marriage, sexuality, and abortion. Our nation would be improved by affirming the goodness of natural law principles. That's the good. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to argue with I, this. I have no argument. I love when I bring in a list and we don't have any arguments, right? Here's the bad. Fusion of Christianity and American civil life. So this is just the bad, not the ugly yet. Okay. Some, some view Christian nationalism as a fusion of Christianity with American civil life. Although this might not sound different from the above, a fusion means Christianity and American life should coalesce. The political process should be overhauled to serve God. The laws of the United States should be explicitly Christian. That is the bad. I feel like we talked about that a lot. And uh, we, we gave our opinions. Yes. Again, I think it's an ideal. I don't know if it is. Again, it's probably not going to ever happen. Would it be good? I think it would. It'd be more fair. I think it would be correct because it would be biblically based. But whatever. We talked about at the beginning of the episode. Lastly, the ugly dominion of Christianity over American civil life. Christian nationalism can also turn ugly. It can become a cultural framework that idealizes and advocates for a fusion of Christianity with American civil life and does so by dominion. This is the type of Christian nationalism exhibited by some on January 6th. This is the complete (laughs) conflation of God and country and advocating for it by force or violence when deemed necessary. It's always January 6th. It really always It's is. always January 6th. I love, I love how you like, kind of looked at me like all confused. Like, when I was like, but of what? <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. Oh. But again, like that's, so that's the ugly where they're saying you, you, you do it by any means necessary. Yeah. It's the violence. And I think again, we talked about that where that is what the media puts Christian nationalism at. Is That's where it is. is January 6th is the perfect example. I'm sorry, but I don't, I mean, th- that had like, oh, look, the cross was at a part of that thing happening or whatever, I think is later on in their thing, or it was a different article I read. And I'm like, how many people were in the Capitol building itself, like carrying a Christian flag, walking through and being like, we're taking it back for Christ. Who were the people that were actually in there in Viking suits and in horns and in paint and then picking up podiums and sitting on Nancy Pelosi's desk taking pictures for the feds to see. <laughs> I don't know, to I don't know man. Sounds kind of pagan to me. <laughs> <laughs> so like I'd say, like, again, they, they use that as the, as the thing. And I guess, yeah, that could be the ugly side of it. I don't think that January 6th was a Christian national uh, movement at all. I think that that's ridiculous to say. Um, but again, it's very good and inflammatory and a very good way to make it so that we can have a lot of division and a lot of problems uh, when it comes to Christian nationalism as a whole. And with that, would you say that's a good bow? I think that was a good bow. Awesome. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the last part of Christian nationalism. We will never talk about it again. I wouldn't say that. Just kidding. We'll probably talk about it again. (laughs) Probably not next week, but maybe the week after. Next week, we are talking about animal rights. Animal rights. I thought you were going to say animal crossing. Okay. Animal rights. We will be talking about that next week. Do you week. want to talk about animal crossing? I do not want to talk about animal crossing. I was going to tell you we are not doing that. That should be a fun one, though. I like animal rights. Yeah. Okay, cool. We're going to get into PETA. I love PETA. 
I'm more of a fan of Paul or Mary. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode on Christian Nationals and the positives. Where can people find us, Jeremiah? People can find us on Instagram and TikTok at First Off You're Wrong. You can send us a message there, or you could send us an email at for at contact at first off you're wrong. Or you can find us on Twitter, which we have not used in many, many moons, many months, at F underscore O <laughs> underscore Y underscore W. Yeah, don't do an M like I accidentally did when I was trying to edit this thing. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. But the most important thing that you guys learned today is that first off, you're wrong. And I'm proud to be an American, because at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the man who died and gave their life for me. So I proudly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Because there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>